All righty, it's great to be in God's house together. Such joy, community, it's great, it's great. Um, so this morning, church, we're going to be continuing um, in part four of our foundation series where we have been laying down the spiritual brickwork. In other words, we've been putting down the foundation of Jesus' teaching because his teaching is the best foundation that we can build our lives on. So far, we've looked at essential bricks in our spiritual foundation. We've looked at faith in God. We've looked at repentance, which we discovered means making a U-turn away from sin and toward God. We've looked at baptism in water. And today, we're going to lay the next spiritual brick that we need to build strong lives. I want to ask you a question, church. Have you ever discovered a forgotten gift? A gift that someone gave you and you forgot all about it, right? And it's typically Christmas gifts, isn't it? Maybe you've been clearing out or you've been looking for something completely unrelated and then you come across a cinnamon candle, right? Or you come across something really exciting like reindeer socks, right? Or you come across the golden nugget, an unused gift card. Oh. Is there any better feeling right? When you go up to the till and you say to whoever's on it, could you check how much is on that for me? And even if it's a fiver, you feel like a winner, right? You're like, yes, there's something I have discovered, a forgotten gift. And you know, church, among God's people today, sometimes the Holy Spirit is our forgotten gift. And this morning, what we want to do is rediscover the beautiful powerful gift of the Holy Spirit for you and for me. See, the Holy Spirit is a gift we receive, and He is absolutely foundational for our lives. We receive Him when we believe in Jesus for the very first time. He enters into our hearts, but He is a gift. This is what Acts says in chapter 2, verses 30, 38. This is Peter preaching, each of you must repent from your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so church this morning, as we consider what we're building our lives on this morning, this is an opportunity to rediscover a forgotten gift. Let's pray as we enter God's word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing word. Lord, we thank you for the Bible, that it is our authority, that Lord, it is our foundations for all matters of life and faith. And Lord, I pray that your precious word would speak right into our hearts this morning. Lord, however we're feeling, whatever life looks like for us today, Lord, we open our hearts to hear from you. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're here to love us, to comfort us, and to speak into the places that no one else can. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Alrighty, so um, church, you know the Holy Spirit is a huge topic, right? And we'll get around eventually to doing a series on the Holy Spirit. We could spend weeks and weeks talking about him because he's an important part of our lives. And so this morning, I'm just gonna focus on some essentials. I'm gonna begin with some practical questions, um, almost like quick fire questions like we did at the end of the sermon last week. 
And then we're going to go through some really practical steps as how we can experience the Holy Spirit. So here's a couple of quick things to give us a recap, especially if you're new to faith or re-exploring your faith, okay? So who is the Holy Spirit? That's a good question to start on. So the Holy Spirit, okay, is not an it, right? Some pastors would say, if there's a penny for every time the Holy Spirit was, was, was called an it or an a, they'd be millionaires, right? The Holy Spirit is not a vibe, right? He hasn't come to bring a vibe or an atmosphere necessarily. He's not an energy. He's not a feeling. The Holy Spirit isn't a dove. Now, I understand how in our minds we get that picture because all four Gospels say that the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove. But how often do we use similes but don't mean it literally, right? So we might say, your man, he runs like the wind. Do we mean he's wind? No, right? Or we might say, this is a real Northern Ireland one, he's got a face on him like a lurking spade, right? What does that even mean? Does anybody know what a lurking spade actually looks like, right? That's the theological questions we need to ask in this church, right? Somebody's, I need to ask you after because somebody has the answer, right? <laughs> when we say like, we don't mean literally. He's like a dove, but he's not a dove, okay? The Holy Spirit is a person. He is the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit he is God Almighty. In Romans 8, 27, he has a mind. In 1 Corinthians 12, he has a will. In Romans 15, Galatians 22, and Ephesians 4, the Holy Spirit has emotions. In Hebrews, the Holy Spirit speaks. In 1 Timothy 4, 1, he speaks clearly. In Ephesians 4, Hebrews 10, Acts 7, he can be grieved, insulted, resisted, and even lied to. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is God incarnate. Now, why is the Holy Spirit here? This is some of our quick recap questions. He's here to be our helper, our comforter, our counselor. And different words for that can also mean he's the one who sticks up for us. He's the one who coaches us through life, how to follow Jesus and how to take the best step in our lives. He convicts believers, you and me, and the world of our sin to make a U-turn and turn to God. He is God living in us, his very presence in you and me. And if you're familiar with the Bible, you'll know that in the Old Testament, God had a temple for his people to be near his presence. But now in the New Testament, you and I are his temple who carry his presence. The Holy Spirit is God living in me and you. The Holy Spirit fills us with his power and gifts to live for Jesus and to share him with others. And he sanctifies us, which simply means makes us more like Jesus. Now, that's only five of a lot of things the Holy Spirit does and why he's come. But we might ask this question, why is the Holy Spirit foundational in our faith? What makes him so foundational? Last week we looked at that a building is, or in week one we looked at how a building is only as secure as its foundations. And when a foundation is taken out from under a building, the building sooner or later is going to cease to exist. And church, it's the same with the Holy Spirit. If we take the Holy Spirit out of Christianity, it's not Christianity anymore, right? If we take the Holy Spirit out of our lives, our faith becomes dull, it becomes dry. We can't experience that love, hope, peace that the Holy Spirit gives us. If we take the Holy Spirit out of the church, we become a social club, a karaoke, right? 
That's what we've become. The Holy Spirit is foundational to everything in our faith. He is the brickwork that you and I need for our faith and to build our lives on. But here's what the Lord would say to us this morning, church. He wants us to experience the gift of the Holy Spirit afresh. He wants you and I to experience the comforter, the helper, the counselor, our coach, our direct line to God the Father. The Holy Spirit wants to be our closest friend. I'll say it again. The Holy Spirit wants to be our closest friend, which is really where we're going to get practical this morning. How can we experience the Holy Spirit for ourselves? Not just read about him, not just talk or sing about him, but how do we experience the reality of our closest friend, the Holy Spirit, in our everyday lives? And I'm going to share with you five practical things we can do to understand and experience more of our friend, the Holy Spirit. The first is this, invest in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now watch these couple of, of selected scriptures from the book of Acts. This is Peter talking, Acts 11 and 12a. Then the Spirit told me to go with them. The Holy Spirit speaking. Let's go to Acts 15, 28. This is the apostles. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. The Holy Spirit was helping them make decisions. Acts 13, at the beginning, he directs Barnabas and Paul. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went. In other words, the Holy Spirit was guiding them by sending them. Elsewhere in the book of Acts, you'll see that the Holy Spirit actually stops Paul from doing something. So the Holy Spirit can guide you and I by telling us to do something, but also telling us not to do something. In other words, church, if the Holy Spirit speaks, directs, and guides in the book of Acts, and this is only, those are only a few instances, then that would denote to us that the apostles in the early church must have had a really good relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit must have been someone they knew so well that they could hear his voice and follow his steps in life. Church, you know, relationship is at the core of the gospel. God in heaven who knows you and I, who wants us to know him. That's the core of the gospel. The Lord Jesus gave himself on the cross that our sins might be forgiven, that we might know Jesus intimately. And church, the Holy Spirit is here that we might have a deep, connected relationship with God. So I'm going to ask Gareth to come onto the platform. He didn't know I was going to do this. You're going to take over the preaching. You're going to come on up. Why are you joking? And uh, I want to give you a bit of an illustration. So often when we're talking, we'll, we'll, sometimes I'll illustrate through relationship or marriage and things like that, and it can be helpful. So I want to give you an example. Gareth is standing right next to me, okay? Does that mean that Gareth and I have a really good relationship? No. So the Holy Spirit is in you and I, but we get to determine the quality of that relationship. The Holy Spirit is in you. If you are a believer, he is in you. He is close to you. But the experience of your relationship depends on a couple of things. So if I want to have a good friendship with Gareth, right, I'm going to spend time with Gareth. If I want to have a good friendship with Gareth, I'm going to learn what Gareth likes and dislikes. If I want to have a deep friendship and connection with Gareth, I'm going to be honest about him where I feel weak and I need help. In fact, when I'm struggling in life, Gareth could be the sort of friend that I could lean on, don't fall over, when I, when I need help. In fact, 
Maybe I could get to know Gareth so well, and you know this if you live with someone in your house, that I could know his footsteps up the stairs, or I could know his voice when he calls out. The quality of my relationship with Gareth isn't dependent on how far or how physically close I am to him. It depends on how I invest in my relationship with him. Do I spend time with him? Do I talk with him? Do I learn from him? Church, it's the exact same with the Holy Spirit. Are we investing, thank you, mate, are we investing our time, our love, our voice in the Holy Spirit? There is so much to be discovered, church, when we decide I'm going to invest in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to deliberately set out to know him more. And you know what, church? There's a beautiful scripture in Jeremiah 13. It says this, or sorry, Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart, right? The Lord wants to be found by us this morning. I had a, a friend who was a pastor who one time shared with his church about a dream he had had. And he was walking through the Mourn Mountains. And his question was a lot like our question this morning, perhaps, how can we know more of God? How can we have a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit? And in his dream, he said, as he was walking through the Mourn Mountains, he was calling out, more of you, more of you, calling out to God, more of you. And then an echo came back, more of you, more of you. And so church, if we want more of the Holy Spirit, we have to give more of us to the Holy Spirit. It's the only way it works. If we want more of him, we have to give more of us. Church, this morning, where might the Holy Spirit be asking you, give more of yourself to me? Here's a second uh, principle to learn more about the Holy Spirit. We experience the Holy Spirit when we respect the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 9 and 10 says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. I'm going to read the start of that again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And, you know, so often when fear of the Lord is talked about, I've heard some pastors recently say, you know, the, the one thing that we're missing in the church wide, wide scale today is the fear of the Lord, right? Now, to fear God isn't to be afraid of God, but it's to have a deep respect for Him. It's to have a deep, deep reverence for who He is. I heard it put like this by John Bevere, who's an excellent holiness teacher. Fear of the Lord is not about being afraid of God. It's to be afraid of being away from Him because we love Him so much. And church, if we want to experience the Holy Spirit for ourselves, we have to have a deep reverence, a deep respect for who the Holy Spirit is. If you followed the, uh, if, maybe a good way to illustrate this, if you followed the coverage of the Queen's funeral, right? I don't know if you, if you heard or saw any of this, but I loved hearing the stories of her staff around the palaces who would tell all these funny and great stories about what she was like behind the scenes and her character and her humor and all that good stuff. But you know what I noticed from those servants? They loved the queen. They weren't afraid of her, but they had a deep respect for her. And church, it's the same in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. We can love him. He brings joy and life into our lives. He brings joy into our church. I don't know about you, but this feels like such a joyous season in this stage of our journey. And yet at the same time, we can be filled with the joy and the love of the Holy Spirit and yet still have a deep respect for him. And you know what, church? 
one of the best ways we have respect for the Holy Spirit is we have respect for each other. We have a deep honor and reverence for each other. We'll not always get on. We'll not always see eye to eye, but boy, when it comes to it, we'll fight for each other, we'll love each other, and we'll cover each other. A great way to honor the Holy Spirit is to honor his temples around his church. You know, reverence works in so many ways. Sometimes revering the Lord and having respect for the Holy Spirit means that we allow the Holy Spirit to move in his terms and not ours, okay? I remember one year we were at youth camp and the guest speaker, he was from America, and so he was quite American, which isn't a surprise. Um, and he basically got up on the platform and he said something, and I'm trying my best to remember it the best I can, but he said something to the effect of, some of you are about to be filled with the Holy Spirit right now. And all I will say is, it happened, okay? The guy next to me, who I thought he was only there because his mom sent him, in fact, that is the only reason he was there, most of us were pushed out the door to go to youth camp, right? had no interest in being there. I wasn't even aware he was paying attention to what was happening. Gets filled with the Spirit and heavenly language begins to pour from him, okay? He is filled from the top of his head. And this was happening all over the tent that night, all over the camp. People are being filled with the Holy Spirit. Some people for a second, third, fourth time, some people for the first time are experiencing the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And you know what happened? There were some people who were genuinely, I'm gonna be careful how I say this, um, frustrated and even upset how it happened, okay? And it was going all around the camp that day, you know, was that right to do? Should that have happened? Now, don't get me wrong. Some of us still talk about it to this day. Would I have done exactly what the fella did? Probably not, right? In, in the Northern Ireland context, would I have said it like that or done it like that? Me personally, probably not. But the Holy Spirit moved and the evidence was there. And that sometimes church if the Holy Spirit moves in a way that makes us uncomfortable, it's an us problem, not a him problem, right? Now, he is a gentleman, and he is so gentle and, and gracious to us, but when he moves in power and authority, like a mighty rushing wind, like a flood, do you know what? We just gotta say, Holy Spirit, come. <laughs> come whatever way you want to. Scrap our agenda. Lord, you do what you wanna do. And I remember a pastor, very wise and respected pastor in the movement, who got up the next night and says, look, I'm aware of some stuff that's been going on around the camp with some people are, are unhappy about what happened last night. And he simply says this, again, to the best of my knowledge that I can remember it. Um, the unforgivable sin is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Now, that is interpreted in different ways, church. We don't have time to go into it this morning. People interpret that in a range of different ways, okay? But I tend to put a big ring around it and say this, respect the Holy Spirit. Whatever way you want to interpret that, respect the Holy Spirit. Respect who he is. He's God among us. Respect what he does. It's his agenda, not ours. And respect what he wants to do. Let's never get in the way of what the Holy Spirit's doing in someone else's life, even if we don't understand it. And sometimes we have to change in order to really respect the Holy Spirit. You've heard me tell this story before of a young couple who move into an apartment. And as they're, they're beginning, they're, they're newly married, and as they're setting up their home, they discover that, dove, that a dove has nested in the eaves of the apartment. And they love the doves being there. They could be sitting, talking and chatting in the evening, and they could hear the dove. They could watch the dove in the nest. It was amazing. They loved the dove being there. But what they noticed was this, that any time they began to fight, any time they didn't treat each other right, or they were shouting, or they were slamming doors, the dove would go, and he wouldn't come back for a while. 
And what they learned was that if they wanted the dove to stay visibly where they could see him and know he was there, they had to change how they lived. They had to change how they treated each other. And church, if you and I want the tangible, almighty presence of the Holy Spirit to be with us, sometimes we've got to change some stuff. Sometimes we've got to change how we treat others. Sometimes we've got to change how we see the Lord. Because his will, church, is to be our closest friend, the one nearest to us in every situation. But we've got to respect and honor the Holy Spirit. Here's a third um, reason. We experience the Holy Spirit when we stand on truth. Acts 5.37 says this, we are witnesses of these things, as is Peter saying, speaking, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. And so as believers, church, if we want to experience the Holy Spirit, we'll have to obey what he's already said in Scripture. Now, that may seem really, really obvious to you, okay? If we want to experience the Holy Spirit more, we'll have to stand in Scripture and obey his word. And I'm not talking about, you know, um, getting things wrong every once in a while because we're human and we're, like we said last week, we're imperfect people putting our faith in a perfect Savior. Um, but we're talking about things in his, in his word, in Scripture, that we know we should be doing or shouldn't be doing, but we just don't want to deal with it, Right? That's what we're talking about, and we've all been there. But I want to show you how this works. So in 1 Corinthians, uh, let me find it here. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 3.17, this is a scripture that's thrown out all the time, and this is where we're going to do a wee bit of teaching, okay? 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now, here's a question. Is the Holy Spirit technically everywhere? Yes, he's omnipresent, which means he's everywhere. But is there freedom everywhere? No. We know that in our world. And again, some holiness teachers would put it like this, and it's a great way to interpret the scripture. Where the spirit of the Lord is Lord, there is freedom. Not the same thing. Where the spirit of the Lord is Lord, there is freedom. In other words, if I want to experience freedom in a particular part of my life, Jesus must be Lord over it. Because how can I experience the freedom of the Lord if he's not Lord in that place? Because freedom can only come when it's built on the word of the Spirit. So, for example, in the Gospels, Jesus says, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So, in other words, when we stand on God's truth, church, that is where the Holy Spirit brings us into freedom. Where we stand on what the word of God says over our lives, that's when the Holy Spirit really leads us into freedom, joy, hope, and peace in any area of our lives. And so this morning, church, where might the Lord be saying to you, build that part of your life back on my word again. Build that part of your life that you're struggling with on what I have said in scripture that you might experience the freedom I have for you. Here's point number four. We experience the Holy Spirit when we invite him into our every day. When Chloe and I started going out, I learned very quickly that Chloe's uh, love language was quality time, right? So no matter what it was what I was going out to do, it would be, I'll come, I'll come, I'll come, I'll come, right? And she'll be in the passenger seat just vibing and listening to music, and I'm going, I'm literally going to get petrol, right? But Chloe's love language was quality time. She wanted to be with me, right? And thankfully, she still does want to be with me, right? But the point, the point I'm making is that the Holy Spirit wants to be with us. The Holy Spirit is interested in your everyday things. He's not limited to Sunday. Church, the Holy Spirit cares about your Monday. The Holy Spirit is interested in your daily life, your work, your family, your retirement, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit wants to be involved. The Holy Spirit wants to be involved everywhere. He is comfort. 
for the uncertainty in your family. He is direction for the choices you have to make in work. He is wisdom for your financial decisions right now. He is peace to give you in the waiting room of the doctor when you're not too sure what he's going to say. Church, the Holy Spirit is interested in everything and everything we are. And it just starts by saying on Monday, Holy Spirit, I invite you into my day. Holy Spirit, I'm doing the shop in Tesco. I invite you into my day. And you will not believe how the Holy Spirit will come, speak, help, guide, and coach you through every season of life. You just got to invite him. What does the uh, gospel look says? How much more will the Holy Spirit, will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Just ask, ask in faith. It's a gift for you. And the Holy Spirit isn't only in you, church, for you. He is upon you for others, okay? You will see time and time again, the apostles were doing ordinary stuff in the book of Acts, and that's when the Holy Spirit began to move through them. The Holy Spirit wants to speak and use you in incredible ways if only we open our hearts to him on a daily basis. When you're in the classroom, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. When you're in the doctor's waiting room, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. When you're doing the shop, the Spirit of God is upon you. When you're looking after your kids or you're retired, you're looking after grandkids, whatever your life looks like, the Holy Spirit is upon you for the sake of others. The Holy Spirit isn't reserved for just what Pastor Jordan wants to say to you on a Sunday. The Holy Spirit is upon you for the, every single person that you encounter. And it's just about being open and saying, Lord, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do in this moment? And you'll be amazed by how simply and sensitively, the Holy Spirit can talk through you. Are you open this morning, church, for the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to use you, not just on Sunday, but on your Monday? I want to challenge you with this. Where you are in life right now, and that's going to look different for everybody in the room, where you are in life right now is not an accident. Who you do life with right now is not a coincidence. It is ordained by God because he is in you and upon you for the sake of others. Amen. Fifth and final way we can experience the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, 18. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. I love this. We can experience the Holy Spirit by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now notice in that verse, uh, the Apostle Paul is writing to, he's not writing to unbelievers, he's writing to believers. He's writing to people who already have the Holy Spirit. They've believed and accepted Jesus, but now he's saying, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I love that it's a command and not an option, don't you? That it's a promised gift, not a potential. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes church being filled with the Spirit can become so humanized that it loses all its power. That we, 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 we whittle it down to a feeling that lasts for a couple of minutes. And then we go the other way and we make it so mystical and so frankly weird that it seems completely out of reach to us. But church, can I encourage us this morning that to be filled with the Holy Spirit is a wee bit like being baptized in water like we talked about last week. That Greek word baptizo, to be immersed, to be completely covered by the water is like what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be completely immersed and consumed by Him. And all I can tell you from my experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit is one, it's not a one-off event. He wants to fill you again and again with His amazing presence. And to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be overwhelmed with His peace, to be overwhelmed with His love, with His joy, with His hope, and importantly, 
his power. Which is why sometimes, church, when people are filled with the Holy Spirit, it looks a little bit dramatic. Why? Because the God of this universe is trying to squeeze himself in anybody, you and me. It's going to look dramatic sometimes, and that's okay. Sometimes people will cry when they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people will sit quietly with an overwhelming sense of peace. Sometimes people will, will, will literally, and we'll see it in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, will just fall down before the Lord because the power of God is so overwhelming. There are different ways that people will experience the filling of the Holy Spirit, but it's for each and every one of us. If you are a believer in Jesus this morning, the filling of the Holy Spirit is for you, and it is available to you by faith this morning. And some of us may experience it after the service. Some of us may come and, and ask to receive the filling of the Holy Spirit and experience it a week later, even ages later, but we're just claiming it by faith what is already ours. Church, to be filled with the Holy Spirit is a gift for you and me. When I got this gift card, right, it's not just the gift card I'm getting, is it? It's a gift that I have still to collect. For me, it's going to be a pair of Nike trainers, right? That's my gift. It's my inheritance, right? Now, is this gift card mine, right? Is the gift mine? Do I own the gift? Do I possess the gift that I have been given? But have I received all that the gift has? No. Let me explain this to you, okay? You have received the gift of the Holy Spirit, but there's still more to the gift to receive. There is still more of the gift to experience and to redeem in your life. And he is here this morning for us to receive it. We have all received the gift of the Holy Spirit if we believe in Jesus. But there is a gift of the filling of the power and the love and the presence of the Holy Spirit that we can still yet receive. For some of us, we'll be filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. For others, we may be filled for the umpteenth time. But I don't know about you, church, but I don't want to live out of his presence. <laughs> I don't want to live far from him. I want to live infused with everything that the Holy Spirit has for you and for me. And so just as we begin the closer service this morning, church, I just want to invite the team up who are going to lead us in one last song. And we've run over time this morning. Um, but I want, to, I want to leave us open with this as the team pray. Would you stand with me if you're able? Okay, and just in this moment of just respect for the Holy Spirit and inviting him to come and to fill us afresh. And for some of us, that might happen this morning or it may happen down the line. I have experienced moments in church life where the Holy Spirit comes here and now and I have experienced where people have been filled with the Spirit of God sitting at home later than the day, even driving the car. If that is you, please pull it over. Don't keep driving but we want the filling of the Holy Spirit. We want the gift that God has for us this morning. We don't want to talk about the Holy Spirit. We want to experience all who the Holy Spirit is. And so I'm just gonna pray for us this morning. I'm gonna pray for all of us as a church, or if you're a guest, that we would experience the Holy Spirit in a new way. But at the end of the service this morning, church, as people head off for tea and coffee at the back, feel free to hang back or head off to collect kids or whatever it might be. Um, feel free to, to come just, to where the prayer team are, which will just be along the front of the, the front row here, who just want to, who will sit with you, who will pray with you in faith that you would receive a touch of the Holy Spirit this morning. And if you would like that for your life this morning, we're going to be here for you, to pray with you, to encourage you, that that would be your gift today. 
But if not, you feel free to head on, get some tea, coffee, hang out with Folk Connect, or head on at home. So allow me to pray for us this morning. If, you, if you're comfortable, and if you would like to know the Holy Spirit deeper this morning, just want to invite you, don't have to, just to hold out your hands like this, just as a posture of receiving the Holy Spirit today. And I'm going to pray over you that we would receive a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit this morning. Father, just in this moment, Lord, I just pray that your people who are opening their hearts and responding to you would receive a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit this morning. Lord, I thank you for each and every single one of us. You want to have a relationship with us. That, Lord, you've called us to respect your holiness and your presence. Lord, you've called us to stand on your word and what it says into our lives. And, Lord, you've called us to experience your Holy Spirit in every single day and part of our lives. And, Lord, now, by faith and through the promised gift that you have given us, we receive your Holy Spirit afresh. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your peace and the spirit of peace. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of wisdom. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of power. Lord, we receive this morning your precious Holy Spirit. Fill our church, Lord, afresh with your spirit, Lord, that people may see Jesus in us. Lord, by faith in your name we pray, amen. I just want to say this this morning that before the band closed, if, if you work in the public sector, this is going to sound very strange, but if you work in the public sector, especially prayer ministry is for everyone this morning, but if you work in the public sector, I really feel the Lord wants to speak to you this morning and he really wants to give you that gift of his Holy Spirit. So if that's you, you work in the public sector in every way, please don't go, would love to pray with you. I just feel that's where the Lord is, is speaking over us this morning, okay? If you want to come just to receive and be prayed for and encouraged once the band finished, you come up, we'd love to pray for you. If not, feel free to hang behind and enjoy some tea and coffee and connect. Church, God bless you. You've done well this morning. Let's sing.